0: Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick, who are dedicated to helping manufacturers and distributors to enhance their competitive position and succeed in high pressure trade environments. Visit them online at coneresnick.com. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business. On this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, I am pleased to be speaking with John J.R. Logan, the Executive Director and Co-Founder of Makehaven in New Haven. Makehaven is a community makerspace and fab lab, which educates and empowers people by facilitating independent, interest-driven projects, hands-on experience, and of course, access to technology. J.R., welcome to Meet the Manufacturers.
1: Thank you. So happy to be here.
0: Oh, it's great to have you. Now listen, tell me a little bit about your makerspace, Makehaven. I'm curious to know. Tell me more about your premises.
1: Yeah, we are downtown New Haven and we have about 10,000 square feet. It's composed of a woodworking shop, a metalworking and uh, plastic machining area, as well as uh, textiles and several other things such as uh, screen printing and even some pottery.
0: Oh, my goodness. I do love pottery. I haven't done that since I was at school, to be honest, but that's fantastic. So you've got a number of facilities there. And also, we were just talking prior to the podcast starting, as you do, about the the Fab Lab element of it. Tell me the difference between the Makerspace and the Fab Lab and how that works.
1: Yeah, so those terms are often interchangeable. But Makerspace has popped up as organic, community-driven organizations where people got access to tools, often woodworking tools, metalworking tools, and more hobbyist-oriented things. Where a Fab Lab, there's a Fab Lab Foundation, they're oriented mostly around 3D printing, CNC. Digital fabrication concepts. So those two overlap greatly. And we are a makerspace and Fab Lab. We have 3D printers, people work on circuit boards, but they also do woodworking.
0: That's amazing. You really are a one-stop shop to use a very overused phrase. So tell me a little bit about your the people who use your facilities. Tell me a little bit about the projects that you've seen people working on. What have been some of the highlights? And how long have you been open?
1: We have been in existence for 10 years, although over that 10-year period, our capabilities have grown. So in the last three years, we did a big upgrade and really have a lot more to offer. We've moved from hobbyists to supporting a community of actually 440 individuals. Those people, it's all for people who are 18 and up. We're not oriented towards children's programming. We have a hundred different badges, we call them, they're micro credentials. These are distinct skills that give you access to tools or show that you've learned an additional skill. And there's all sorts of types of people who like to do that. We have hobbyists, those hobbyists come from all ages and backgrounds. We have entrepreneurs, people who might be developing a product. They want to prototype something. They want to do a first very small batch in order to decide if it's something that could be produced and marketable. And we have artists, people who just want to explore. Maybe they have a background in one medium and they want to try something new. They want to move into textiles or they want to integrate the textiles with some electronics, or they want to learn how to use a CNC milling machine to be able to carve out something they've drawn. And so we really try to cater to all of those groups of people and encourage them to use lots of different types of tools and technologies.
0: There really is no end to the learning that you can do. Tell me a little bit then about yourself. JR, how did you get into this role? You are the executive director and co-founder. Where have you been before in your career to to get to this point, so to speak?
1: My background is in nonprofits. I worked at the United Way doing a number of tasks, including technology and social media work. I founded uh, Makehaven with friends because we'd heard about makerspaces popping up. I went to visit a couple, a few friends went to visit a couple in their early stages of development and thought that New Haven should have such a place. A big part of that was that I was uh, organizing a meetup group that was focused around technology, just technology, social change, what were going to be, the impacts. 3D printers were an exciting area of development and we just wanted a place where we could pool our resources to get a 3D printer and play with it. And that turned into uh, getting other tools to play with those tools that turned into, you know, more hobby oriented things. And as we grew capacity and ability, we saw that we had some ability and maybe responsibility to teach people, to expose the public, to give them access to tools. Uh And uh, that's where we are.
0: I've got to be honest. I have never played with a 3D printer, but the way you just described that sums me up perfectly. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to play with that. How can I, I learn more about that and play with it? How much fun are 3D printers and, and how, what are their capabilities, if you like, moving forward into the future? I mean, they are so revolutionary.
1: Yeah. So 3D printers come in a lot of different categories. And, and here we have uh, FDM, which is so it's Fused Deposition Modeling. These are printers that are like hot glue guns and they melt plastic and then lay it down layer by layer with a little CNC head that's drying out each layer. We have two types. We work with PLA, which is like the standard home printer material that you'd see. It's a corn-based plastic. We also have one, it's a a Markforge. It's a a nylon printer. So it's a little higher end, a little more industrial. Uh, The nylon actually has uh, chopped little bits of carbon fiber strands inside of the material. So it gives it some additional strength, not equally in all dimensions, but it's helpful from engineering perspective if you're trying to make stronger parts or water resistant or so on be able to use a nylon. We also have a resin printer. And it's the same concept where you're laying things layer by layer, but you're using a ultraviolet laser uh, to cure the liquid resin that's inside of it. And that's fun because we can uh, order several different types of resins. And those resins have different properties like being resistant to high temperature. So then you can print a prototype injection mold that you can go and put on our injection molder, or you might print figurines. You might print something that you could then go to cast. And we have a vacuum chamber and a pressure pot, so you can do nice detailed casting. So you can actually 3D print a wax and melt it out. So there's several different types of 3D printers. There's 3D printers that we don't have. There are sintering printers that uh, bring a a bunch of powder up to a high enough temperature that it's close to melting. And then that uses a laser to kind of take it over the top and it clumps together that you can do metals. uh, You can also do nylons and plastics that allows some geometries that are not easy to do in the uh, fused deposition modeling that where you're using the hot glue gun style nozzle. So there's lots of options and there's only more to be done. Some things that I think are kind of exciting are when you can see 3D printing, you often see examples, you can print parts that move. So basically loosely connected so that you can break that apart and you can even create things that have internal movement. You can create hinges, You can do lots of things that uh, will allow us to have more complex functionality than just a standalone part come off of these 3D printers in the future.
0: It really is exciting times. It really is. sparked my interest in them once again. You really have. So other than the 3D printers, tell me a little bit more about the equipment, tools and machinery that you have there for people to take advantage of.
1: We have a full selection of textiles, and that includes a long arm quilting machine, a knitting machine, which is it's very interesting in how it comes together, an embroidery machine, and we have classes where we are teaching people the fundamentals of textiles. Once you move over into the wood shop, we have the standards, your table saw, jointer, planer, nice lathe, We have hand tools, we have uh, tools for sharpening, but we also have uh, two CNC milling machines. So we have one, a Shapoko 3, which is where we start people learning the fundamentals of how a CNC machine works. It's just a smaller scale version, which has a little friendlier software. And then we have a large... CNC machine, which we've customized and built, has tool changing capabilities and it can do plywood scale CNC routing or cutting. And that might be uh, good. We've had some people design, for example, furniture where it has little tabs and you place it together, sort of lego a piece of plywood, Uh, so that you have something that comes out of it. And of course, we have artists that are also doing various things with it. We have an artist who is essentially converting a photograph into the G-code and then etching that at different heights, and then using that, inking that up, and then using that as a very large plywood scale stamp. Uh, So rubbing the back of it and then peeling the piece of paper and getting a large format print that involves a CNC process.
0: So cool. Such, yeah you, you can re- the sky really is the limit with the the equipment that you guys have got there
1: yeah well and that's not even i haven't talked about really well we've talked about 3d printers we have an electronics workbench we have laser cutters these are tools that are cnc as well but you put a design in it often something people jump into right away and a metal shop with a couple of bridgeport mills lots of grinding equipment we have uh, bike repair equipment we have a metal cnc We're putting jewelry in there as well, uh, jewelry casting. And we have welding equipment, TIG, MIG, oxyacetylene. And we even have a water jet cutter. This is a tool, like the the equivalent of the CNC for wood, but uses 30,000 pounds of pressure and an abrasive that it shoots down through a very small nozzle in order to cut through sheets of metal, stone, pretty much anything.
0: You have pretty much every toy that any budding manufacturer or creative person could ever want to play with by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah. And our aim is to have a very wide breadth and to provide education on the fundamentals of that breadth in a sort of choose your own adventure. So people do it Mm -hmm. at their own pace, choosing what... Uh, tools they want to get qualified for, and then they do the video, the quiz, and the checkout with a volunteer to be able to gain access. And from there, we're building up knowledge, and people can prototype. So we're not doing mass manufacture here because mm-hmm. our goal is to help people prototype. Maybe do a very small run to to prove the case, and then hopefully they would work with local manufacturers to do large production runs. So we're really uh, staging people for larger success and we're helping them through the process of understanding what's possible and understanding how they can build an early prototype and whether it's marketable.
0: Gotcha. What tools are on the horizon? What would you, if you had a wish list? Okay, so say you've been a good boy, JR, and Father Christmas, sorry, Santa, is going to bring you something for Christmas. What tools or equipment would you like to add to your repertoire?
1: Yeah, so we actually have a digital wish list, which has probably hundreds of tools on it. (laughs) And the membership here has the ability, when they're logged into the website, to vote on it. So oh, cool. we, and it ends up being a variety of different tools and there ends up being a conversation about those things. So just off the top of my head, I know we've, we have a CNC embroidery machine that does one thread at a time. We wanted to have something that was a little more commercial that you could do multiple things and then you could you know, test apparel. We have a, a whole litany of tools. I'd have to review exactly which ones are in the queue at this exact
0: moment. You got it. You got it. So manufacturing, we talked about your career prior to this and it was at the United Way. Have you got a background in manufacturing or have you always had like a keen interest in making things? Tell me about your path into this environment. You, You sound so knowledgeable about it. What was your background?
1: Yeah. So I had no formal education in manufacturing, but I grew up in a household where my dad, when I was very young, had a furniture shop and was a woodworker. So I remember walking into the shop and smelling sawdust and seeing machines and the the smell of the sprays and all of those sorts of things. As the economy took a downturn, the sort of higher end furniture was not sustainable anymore. And so my dad closed that business, but came up with a number of products related to plastics. So he was the first one to really do the octagonal louvers that were vacuum formed. And this became very popular. A lot of places were interested in manufacturing that. And that's actually how we ended up immigrating from Canada to the United States. company Ah. brought my dad in to do that. And they set him up as the R&D guy where he was developing various products, mostly related to home, interior, and exterior products. So I was always in the shop. He was always building, often building a machine to build machines, always a new product, always a new invention in the house. Most of them never went further than the home, but uh, I was familiar with the challenges of a tinkerer (laughs) and how you needed lots of different knowledge and capabilities to bring an idea to fruition. That often there was an easier path if you only understood earlier what the capabilities or what the possibilities were with various technologies. And I was sympathetic to inventors who had great ideas, but then didn't know how to take it to the next level. Yes. So I grew up with it. You and... grew up with it. Yeah. It's
0: a good schooling for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are based on Chapel Street. Tell me a little bit about your local community relations and do you get involved with local projects and how do you attract new members?
1: Yeah, our primary way that we attract members, uh, we survey on this and it's through word of mouth. It's people that are here, they love what they're seeing and then they bring their friends in. The next would be that people are searching for a makerspace, they understand that concept and so they're coming in. And we publicize and uh, host various educational events and activities. So sometimes people will come in. They'll say, sign up for the Bridgeport class or the Lathe class. And then they will want to have continuing access to that equipment and a community where they learn. As far as the learning community, we try and just help people and empower them to do what they want to do. So we have a real hodgepodge of projects And we have a form where people can talk. And so often you'll see that somebody's working on, you know, any number of projects. It could be building their own bicycle, or it could be building a a gift or an instrument and they hit a roadblock or a, a point where they don't understand where to take the next step. And they put that problem out there. And inevitably someone from the community has some knowledge and they often are willing to come in and help and keep that moving forward. So there's, a tremendous number and variety of projects that are happening organically
0: what a great community this feels like a real community spirit involved around it
1: yeah i think it is very much a community spirit that is driving this and we are interested as we move forward in doing even more group projects we've often talked about you know whether it's a float in the parade for St. Patrick's Day or going to a, <laughs> a local Burning Man sort of event or just creating a sculpture in public. We, how can we take the different disciplines that are here and the enthusiasm and the creativity and create something that makes people smile? And uh, I think there'll be more of those in the pipeline you know, as our capability and our community builds.
0: So if you're listening to this and have a really crazy idea on a large scale, JR is the man you need to speak to. (laughs) You need to get in touch with Makehaven. Question for you more personally then, what would you say has been your biggest personal success or the thing you're most proud of? And what successes have you seen perhaps members of Makehaven have that's really stuck in your mind?
1: As it relates to Makehaven, the greatest success that I feel personally is the culture of people helping each other. And the fact that we have volunteers that are willing to be here on a weekly basis. We have 30 volunteers and they help people that have no previous experience get started on these tools and to see the interactions that are happening. I've often had people come back and tell me how welcoming it is and how they were intimidated by something, but then we're able to overcome that with some assistance, that was the point of it. And so that is the the greatest success. As far as the types of things that I have seen that stick in my mind, there's so many that it's hard to fully articulate. We have an Instagram account that's just chock-filled with all sorts of very cool projects. Awesome. And often it's the ones that maybe they're not the most fantastic, but they were a a big milestone for that individual to have been able to achieve. We've done fun things with stained glass where you're using the water jet cutter to say, cut out some stained glass. We have done all sorts of projects inside of the uh, foundations of fabrication. So we have this six month course that covers all of the areas within Makehaven. They always do a final project. They did a, a table that controls a metal ball via a magnet that's dragging over top of sand so that it can basically draw like an automatic zen garden. Wow. Uh, We had a member who eventually uh, left us to go work at SpaceX, but had developed a jellyfish-like lamp that was all controlled by an Arduino. So it had these arms that came out and it had silk over top of it and it was lit up and it would randomly move the arms in a way that made it look like a jellyfish. Wow. So that was just very <laughs> cool, not necessarily a uh, an invention. We've had entrepreneurs working on a lot of board games. We've had entrepreneurs working on various mechanical inventions, and those have been great to see, although they do have a long time horizon to be able to go from your first concept into something you can license or something you can produce yourself.
0: Absolutely. And is that something that you can help members with with that licensing? Do you help on the business aspect at all?
1: We have a light touch. We generally do more referral. Our focus is primarily in the tools, but we wanna make sure that we have ramps for people to access resources in the community. So we do host information sessions We have uh, gotten a volunteer from SBA Score, which is a small business support group. And that volunteer will provide advice and make sure that people get to those right resources. But we're not gonna be the people that sit down and help you work through the details of how you would come up with an agreement. We're going to let you know that those mechanisms exist Mm -hmm. and normally bring stories from other entrepreneurs of what has worked or not worked, so you have some context and then help you find the larger community resources that are out there. Gotcha.
0: So I want you to uh, get your crystal ball out and try and predict the future for me, JR. Tell me a little bit about what you think the future of manufacturing looks like and about doing business and manufacturing in the state of Connecticut. I'm looking for your predictions.
1: Yeah, I think that the concept of distributed manufacture is really interesting. What I mean by that is that you might have a piece of intellectual property. You have, say, a mount for a particular device in your car. And there's many different devices and there's many different cars. And so to get those two things to work together is a difficult manufacturing problem because you have so many of them. But you might be able to create a digital file that brings those two elements together so it matches both the car and the phone or or many other devices and you can then 3d print it locally at that location paying the original person to produce so perhaps that's an individual 3d printing it or perhaps there's these hubs that have various 3D printing capabilities that can print multiple materials, that can add additional features, add the little foam pads, do various manufacturing things. So I think rather than having these massive buildings where you're manufacturing one thing, there's potential for us to have manufacturing setups that use 3D printing. They use vision and artificial intelligence combined with animatronics or arms to be able to having those be standard building blocks to automate the production of way wider variety. So you you have a consumer that is able to engage with an interface. They design something within the parameters of what their local manufacturing hub can produce or competing hubs can produce. And then they might get a customized product delivered to them by a drone in a very short timeframe. So I don't think that that's going to be all of what manufacturing is uh, (laughs) by any means, but it seems that the pieces are there. They are falling into place and we'll start to see them.
0: That's exciting times, it really is, particularly in the state of Connecticut. Last couple of questions, DJ. What do you imagine the next phase of your career is going to look like? Are there any particular areas of growth or opportunities that you are preparing for at the moment, or even challenges that you're looking to overcome in the immediate future? In the immediate future,
1: my focus is really on Makehaven. I feel like we have built a, a platform as far as the tools and the base of people that are excited about and the knowledge. And that feels more like a a beginning than an endpoint right now. So I'm hoping we can continue to build the knowledge within these cohorts that are interested in different areas that we have and do some new amazing projects. Maybe that is uh, building some robots that we bring the, the community together and there's some competitive robot leagues. That would be a lot of fun it's continuing to support entrepreneurs and their individual development of ideas and strengthens the supports and the network that we have for helping people take it to that next level. And in part, that can be better relationships with uh, manufacturers who are in a place where they might be able to work with a smaller run that a newer entrepreneur is going to be looking to do. So I think I have a lot left to do with Make Haven. and, And after that, well, I'll let the opportunity discover me.
0: <laughs> Very wise. So you do offer month-to-month membership at Makehaven, and you also offer tours. So if this, if you've listened to this podcast and now you're feeling a little bit inquisitive, how do people come and see the place? How do they get a tour with you?
1: Absolutely. They can go to makehaven.org. That's M-A-K-E-H-A-V-E-N.org. And on the homepage, there'll be a button in front of the image that says take a tour or they can go slash tour that will bring up a little scheduling thing and then they'll get an opportunity to schedule some time with the staff, we can walk you around. There's also a video of a tour online, but I encourage people to come in person and check it out. If people wish to become members, they can click the membership option on there. And it is just $50 per month for unlimited 24 seven access to the space. That includes the orientations to, you know, most of the tools with volunteers. And for people that have economic challenges, we have a scholarship fund. So we collect resources from donors And we offset, according to that person's need, the monthly fee so that they have the ability to come in and use the space. So it really is a uh, broad community that is inclusive of everyone, and we hope people will come and check it out and maybe become a part of it.
0: That is incredible and very, very affordable and also having access to that scholarship. superb. There has never been a, a better time to get involved. Now, JR, if people want to carry on the conversation and find out a little bit more other than the website that you've just mentioned, tell me a little bit. Social media, which platforms are you on? LinkedIn? How should people reach out to you?
1: Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. The organization isn't the most active on LinkedIn. I'd say that Instagram and our call sign is Makehaven on there. Also, Facebook are both good places to see what people are building in the community. And uh, those would be the primary
0: ones. Fantastic. JR, it's been such a privilege speaking to you today. Thank you so much for your time, telling me more about Makehaven and how people can get involved and really grow their talents and skills in uh, the great state of Connecticut known for its manufacturing. JR, it's been a privilege. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT, or you would like to join the organization, visit the website, manufacturect.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick. Advisory, assurance, tax. Visit their website, coneresnick.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and want to find out more about the vibrant and thriving manufacturing community in Connecticut, subscribe to and share this podcast today. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify.